Hey everyone, before we jump into this episode, we want you to know that we recorded this prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. We've been working remotely for the past several weeks to be able to share them with you while we all have a little more time at home. These uncertain times have altered the way we're all doing business right now, but that isn't keeping us from doing whatever we can to support our membership and our communities. Head over to mafc.com update for resources related to your cooperative and the pandemic. From all of us at Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit, stay healthy and safe. Thank you. Welcome back to the Farm Credit Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Kreischer, Director of Communications at Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, though I might be a little biased. She is a team member of mine, uh, Megan Malinowski. She works in our Salisbury, Maryland office as a digital marketing specialist. She's been with our association for about five years. She started out as an intern and has stuck with us since. We're so happy to say that. Um, She's really been growing in this area of expertise, um, and we've been investing a lot more time and money and energy into digital channels to help us, um, you know, recognize new digital opportunities that will allow us to expand our reach. So um, in this episode, we're going to talk about why it's important to take control of your brand digitally and how to do that in a few simple steps, while also discussing best practices on how to easily and clearly tell your farm story. So welcome, Meg. Thanks for having me, Jenny. I'm excited. Could you give our audience a little bit of background about you and your background in agriculture um, and also what digital marketing specialist means and what you do at Mid-Atlantic? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from Salisbury University on the shore um, back in 2014. And um, before I came to Mid-Atlantic, I really didn't have a whole lot of background in agriculture. Um, my One of my cousins lived on a small homestead farm up in northern Baltimore County. And um, I would spend a lot of my time like in the summers just going up and, you know, chasing their chickens around. And um, (laughs) she taught me how to ride her horse. And that was kind of fun. It was more of like a how to hold on kind of thing. But it was always fun, (laughs) you know, four wheelers and just palling around on the on the acreage. So that was really fun. But that was really my only experience with agriculture. So um, when I heard about farm credit and I started working with farm credit, I really had a very limited knowledge, but, um, I, I feel like I learn something new every day and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's same. a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So if you could just kind of define for us, like what digital marketing is and how you, um, implement our digital marketing strategy at Mid-Atlantic. I've had so much fun with my job just because I feel like it's always something new and always something different and, Um, and, you know, trying new things and experimenting. But our digital world um, and the things that I do every day really revolve around our digital messaging. And um, that includes, you know, the emails that we send out to our customers or prospects or um, what kinds of content we have on our website or downloadable like ebook kind of things, I try to put those together and I work with, you know, the rest of the team at, um, at Farm Credit, you know, a lot of our sales staff help me out with that. Uh, in addition to, we've been doing a lot of, uh, videos and, um, so I do a lot of, I do all of the shooting for those and we have our awesome intern Morgan who does the photography and we, uh, we use all of that media to really craft messages around how we're able to help farmers um, be successful in their operations and how our programs and services can do that. So I really work on the digital side of that, um, mostly in website and social media. 
Yeah, you mentioned uh, trying new things and this podcast being one of them. This was definitely something that was a passion project of our teams. And I'm super excited to to be able to do this and and hopefully provide another avenue to an outlet really for education and and advocating with our with our customer base. Yeah, I have to agree. I subscribe to so many podcasts and we I know you and I share them a lot Mm -hmm. back and forth. But um, it's just really nice to have something to listen to when you can't be actively reading or looking for something. So when you find one that that works, yeah, I was I was really excited that we started this as well. Definitely. So for our audience, you know, you touched on what digital marketing is and there's a big sort of con- not confusion, but there might be a gap to some about what digital marketing is versus, you know, our digital age today versus the information age. So what are some things that are happening right now as we speak in the digital landscape? It is constantly changing and constantly evolving. But what are some things and trends that you see happening right now or things that you see on the horizon? I see the digital landscape just getting bigger and bigger. And I think we we really try to encourage people to uh, to get active and and really take control of their brand online just because we've shifted to more of an information searching kind of consumer. So they want to do their research before they call us or they want to visit us online before they decide to come into the branch or even give us a call. I think I read on Forbes um, a couple of days ago that 90% of people actually go and try to find a brand online before they visit them in person. Wow. And so, um, so it's really important for people to have their information there and be available to answer questions or uh, really clarify, you know, what what kind of services and products they offer. So I would say the trend is that more and more people are gravitating towards the digital world and really being there, and they're starting to see the value in it. So I think it's I think we're only going to have more information uh, coming to us in the future, which is really neat. And it comes in all different forms. I mean, some of the trends that um, that are very popular right now, a lot of social platforms are experimenting with. Uh, video and different kinds of video, you know, Instagram TV, um, Facebook Live, things like that. So I think we're kind of shifting away from the traditional like marketing messaging and the fluffy kind of, even though I love a pun, we're shifting away from Mm -hmm. the punny kind of things and more to being direct and to the point and really showing our authenticity through our digital messaging. So providing that value while doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people might think that, you know, you, I remember when digital was strictly social media and, you know, that's one thing to get a grasp of, but as you mentioned, digital is just continuously evolving and getting a lot bigger. So I think for some people who might not be in that space yet, it could be quite daunting. So what is like a common misconception about digital marketing that you hear or have read about? I think the biggest misconception with digital marketing among most people is that it's just for advertising. I see a lot of a lot of companies and businesses and brands that are so new to it and they think that it's really just a platform for them to yell their message at. <laughs> and I would say that that is definitely it's definitely not what it is. And when you think about it, it's it seems so simple that social media was created to be social. Our networks are so much bigger now than they were 10 years ago. And we had MySpace 10 years ago. Like what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I mean, we are all just in a different world where we can, we can meet just about everybody. I mean, if you go on LinkedIn, you can see 
different connections that you might know, like a CEO of a company, like that is in your state, but like you're only removed by like two connections. So, you know, somebody who knows somebody. Right. And, um, I think that, yeah, the biggest misconception is that it's just for advertising and that's all it's really good for, but it's not, it's, uh, it's a whole lot more than that. It's a really great opportunity to meet your customers and meet your prospects and meet the people that actually use your products and services. So that's finding your community. Yeah. It's a whole community out there of of connections and and people just waiting to find people like you. Exactly. Exactly. And trying to learn new things. So again, for those who might not be in that space yet, might not be in that atmosphere, but they know it's important. They know they need to be there for that exact reason to find their, find their community and connect with consumers, uh, their current or future ones. What is um, something that someone can do now? You know, where, where's a good place to start if you're not already kind of there or in that, getting comfortable in that space? So if somebody is wanting to get into uh, playing around with digital marketing and really starting to explore things, the hardest part is just getting started and being willing to make mistakes and and learn from them as we go along. I think as as long as we have good intentions as we start into these new journeys, I mean, it's um, it seems like a lot at one time, but if you pick one thing, like say you don't have a Facebook page for your operation, but you'd like to start one, a really great way to even get started before you create a page for that is to be on there personally and start connecting with your own networks and talking to people and using the platform for what it's really made for and seeing, you know, what kinds of posts your friends like to see um, and then kind of replicating that over time. But I think it's really good to just get started and, and go ahead and create that page for your for your, um, for your business and just get started and fill out, you know, the, fill out the profile to the fullest extent with everything. There's so many opportunities to, to learn just like what we're doing here, trying to educate, um, whoever's listening, that's, you know, looking for this information, really going and using your resources that are already out there. I mean, you can go on YouTube and find all kinds of tutorials to start things or, Um, just Googling, you know, what your question is about marketing. There's so many resources that I think a lot of times people make it more difficult than it has to be, Mm -hmm. but it's really just a matter of reading a couple articles and saying, you know what, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a go. Right. Okay. So say they make the Facebook page, they make the Instagram account, maybe they even have a website or a blog, but they don't think they have anything to say. Everybody has something to say. I was going to (laughs) say. What would you tell them? I think we're communicators, so we always definitely for sure have something to say. But for someone who's like, what do I write? Where do I start? You know, what what advice would you give to them? I would tell them to put themselves in their customer's shoes and think about think about why their customer is actually coming to them. So if you operate a farm market on the side of Route 50, that's my favorite example because I drive by <laughs> so many all the time and I love it. But Put yourself in your customer's shoes and say, what are they coming to me for? And once you start thinking about that journey that they're going on, you can start figuring out what kind of content they're looking for. So that's one of my favorite examples. But one of my other favorite examples, I love the idea of CSAs and community supported agriculture. And uh, when I do research on these things, I see all kinds of interesting vegetables that I would never buy just outright. But right. um, there's one kohlrabi that mm-hmm. I've never, never tried before. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I, I think still, you, I think I'm going to go with you are, but that is a good word. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to 
that's it. That's how you say it. Um, but telling people how to cook that, I mean, that's not a common staple. You go into right. the grocery store and you pick up tomatoes and bananas and we know where they come from and we know how to cook them because they're just classic staples. That's what everybody eats. But really starting with with your customer and saying, what kinds of questions are they going to be asking as they use my product and service? What can I answer for them before they even have to come to me and ask? So definitely just putting out content that educates your customers and even people that aren't your customers yet. They're going to be asking questions. And if you're there to answer it for them, they're going to remember you later when they have to go and buy something. So really starting, um, I love the answering questions. That's a great place to start with content. And another important piece of that, too, is also sharing your story about your business and why you're in that business and how you started and really giving people a background and something for something for them to be a part of and to decide, you know, I'm making a good consumer decision. Um, People have very strong opinions about what kinds of fruits and vegetables they should buy or what kind of meat they should buy. So paint that picture for them and tell that story about how, about how you started and how, how important it is to you and let them kind of see themselves in that picture too, and see how much they have in common with you and your business. Yeah. My favorite brands are the ones that I feel like I'm a part of, Yes, you know, so I love that analogy of, of, you know, inviting them and inviting your consumers into your story, whatever that may be. And everyone's is different. You know, I know, um, I think we were reading an article not too long ago about how consumers today are bombarded with 4,000 commercial messages a day. And so, you know, on what we, the approach we take is like, how can we differentiate ourselves from those other messages? Right. So that's, and that story, that unique story that everyone has is one really good way of doing that. So I love that piece of advice. It is, it is. And it's, there's always a different reason. I think that's one of my favorite things about agriculture is that there are not two farms that are the same. I mean, they're, every one of them is different and the people that run them are different and what they believe in is different. And it's just, it's a very cool, it's a very cool place to be a part of that story and hearing those stories. That's probably my favorite part of my job, by the way. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah. 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 I think we're all storytellers. Yeah. Storytelling really is the, um, you know, the oldest form of communication and it's one that definitely compels human action too. Again, you know, just from a strategy perspective, I think that's a really great place to start. And going back to your earlier point about providing that value and educating, I just think like kind of as a consumer myself of roadside stands on route 50 or farmer's markets, you know, what are, how do you Google? And it is things like how to cook kohlrabi or how to make broccoli casserole, how to pick the perfect peach. Exactly. Exactly. Those (laughs) are things. We all want to know how to do things the best way possible. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. I'm with you. So what is, you know, some best practices when telling a story? So you mentioned, you know, the content, but, um, you know, so aside from just content writing, what are some other ways that farms can tell their story? Today's consumer is not only information driven, but visually driven. So sharing compelling images of, um, or just even images, it doesn't, I mean, even if you don't think it's compelling, it's going to be compelling to somebody who wants to learn more, but doesn't know where to start and kind of learn those things. So just sharing your day-to-day routine with your customers on your Facebook page or your Instagram or wherever that is. Um, that's a great place to start telling your story. Again, you have to fill out the whole profile, make sure your, your address is on there, where they're going to come to you, what your hours are. Um, if you're running a farm stand, you should mention if you're cash only or, 
Um, if you work with PayPal, you know, all those details that people are going to want to know, you want to make sure they understand how to do business with you and how to, how to come and buy your product. Um, so that's a good place to start making sure your information is good. Uh, being consistent with sharing the messaging too. a lot of people like are like myself and don't have an agricultural background, but we want to know where our food come from, comes from and, and really, um, and what goes into it and, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that have to come from generations of families that are growing it. So, um, definitely just sharing whatever feels most comfortable and most authentic to you, you know, snap that picture and post it and say, this is what's happening today. Like, what do you guys think? Or what is your biggest question? Asking questions is always a great place to start too. like telling a part of the story and then saying, you know, what, what do you think about this? Or, um, and people will always interact. I mean, they want, they want that, that excuse to have a conversation, especially about their food. Right. And again, it's, it's going back to the community point you made earlier, you know, it's a great way to engage with your, with your, you know, consumers out there yeah. and give them that immediate feedback and ongoing conversation. Exactly. And other people will see that too and see how responsive you are and say, wow, they really care about having conversations with their customers. And that just, it puts a good taste in people's mouth. It's, it's really just a good place to start. One thing I think we do a good job of just to brag a bit. And one thing that drives me crazy with brands I follow is not being responsive. Oh my gosh. That's the worst thing oh. you could do. I mean, social media and digital channels that, you know, depending on where you are, they're made to be interacted with. Like Facebook was made so that we could connect with people. I feel like the world has gotten so much smaller because of social media, but it's such a good thing because it's connecting people that wouldn't typically, mm -hmm. wouldn't typically meet or have the opportunity to talk. So, um, that's all part of the information age, but it's also super important that if you're going to be there, that you need to engage with people. And that's, even if they're just commenting like, oh, this is so cute, like write back to them and say, we agree, like we love this or, <laughs> you know, just finding different ways to make a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, that's what people are there for. So that's what you want to give them. Right. And nobody likes to, nobody likes to say, you, nobody likes to say hello to somebody and then hear crickets. Like mm -hmm. nobody wants to not be spoken to if they're trying to like engage. So um, yeah, the responsiveness is important when it's great. And the responsiveness is even more important when it's not good. Right. Um, that's something that I think drives me nuts is when <laughs> I see, you know, other brands getting comments from people that, that might disagree with something that they do or, um, have had a bad experience. So then they're, you know, writing a bad review and nobody acknowledges it. And it's like, well, you're not giving them an opportunity to explain themselves and you're not, um, opening it up for a conversation. So, right. It's very important. If definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time today, Meg, on that front. Yeah. Before we go, I have one last question for you. Okay. What do you advocate for in agriculture? This is my favorite question. <laughs> I've been waiting for it. <laughs> um, and I, I don't want to get on my soapbox too much, but Agriculture is, I think for us working in marketing at Mid-Atlantic, you know, it's very important that we appeal to all kinds of agriculture. It doesn't matter what you believe. We want to support agriculture in rural America. And I think the most important part of agriculture is that there is an option for everybody. So no matter what you believe in as a consumer, you have a choice. If you don't want to eat meat, you don't have to eat meat. If you don't want to eat leaves, you don't have to eat leaves. <laughs> you, 
you should because I think it's good for you. But <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but my point is, is that everybody has a choice, and um, and I think that a more educated consumer is is really a good trend for agriculture and everyone because we all have we all have choices, and agriculture gives us that choice to support them, and um, and we really are able to show that through the products that we buy and the farms that we that we get our food from. So I would say that I advocate for an educated consumer and being able to make your own choice when it comes to when it comes to food. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Meg. It was yeah. great chatting with you. Thank you for having me. This thank- was fun. It was so much fun. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Farm Credit Advocate Podcast.